0: What's up, everybody? Welcome, episode 555 Talking Fires podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you. It is January 16th, 2024. Hopefully, everybody is having a great start to their week. If they had yesterday off, today. Back at work, probably, I would assume for most people. Today, I wanted to go through, since the Padres aren't really making much moves, I mean, we can talk about Leo DeVries, DeVries, however you pronounce the name. I probably need to find actually how you pronounce his name. We can talk about him, the Padres, adding the number one international amateur prospect for the second consecutive year. Obviously, Ethan Salas' past year. But since the Padres aren't really doing anything, I wanted to make a team, essentially of the best active former Padres and see what would that team look like? Would we take that team over the current team? And so I think we're going to have some fun with that. And once you see my team, I don't, I didn't include a bench and I'll get to the players that I put on there and the format of the team. You, once you see it, you can give your thoughts. If you agree, you disagree. Feel free to let me know in the comments here in the chat, live on YouTube, or if you're watching on replay or listening on the podcast platforms, you can put your thoughts in the comment section, um, on the stream when it's obviously on replay. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into the team and then we can talk about Leo DeVries as well. I think it's DeVries, DeVries or DeVries. I'm not so sure. We'll see. But Okay. Active former Padres. So, the rules are they have to have played in the big leagues for the Padres. So, Trey Turner would not count. Max Freed would not count. Um, I think, I'm was Emmanuel Classe, or am I thinking of someone else? I think he was, he used to be a Padre. He does not count. Guys like that don't count. They had to have played James Wood, Robert Hassel. They're not the big league level, but you get what I'm saying. They... Those guys don't count. They have to play at the big league level for the Padres. And I am basing this not just off of the name. I'm basing it off of 2023 production. So some would go by fan graphs. For this exercise, it was just easier when I was looking it up. I went with baseball reference war. So I went with the top former Padres who played with the Padres at the big league level. Their 2023 baseball reference wars. And pretty much the best got on my team, um, and I added up the total baseball reference war. We will get to that as well. And then I I did a manager. So I did a manager, five bullpen arms. So I did ninth inning, eighth inning, seventh, sixth, fifth. And then rotation, five, one, two, three, four, five, like a regular rotation. And then lineup, I didn't do it like leadoff hitter, second hitter, but I just went by position. So. Catcher, first, second, short, third, left, center, right, and then DH. So let's get started. I'm going to start with the rotation. And my five guys in the rotation, Blake Snell is the ace. Six war, because again, this is, I'm not basing it off of, maybe I should have based off of like the last couple of years, but I was basing it off of last year's performance. So obviously Snell, he's the ace. A six war last year. We know he's the top of the rotation, just won the Cy Young. We'll see where he goes. I mean, this free agent market, this offseason has been pretty boring. Uh, this, we're. I think it's going to speed up at some point, right? Because it has to. I mean, with how many big free agents are out there, with Jordan Montgomery and Blake Snell and Matt Chapman and Cody Bellinger, and that's just at the start of the list, there's a lot of guys still out there. So hopefully it can start to speed up here, and there's not going to be a bunch of moves in spring training. Because there's stuff that happens on a daily basis in spring training that's fun to talk about. I'd like to be talking about moves when there's no like actual baseball activity going on that we can talk about. There's no daily manager scrums to talk about, so hopefully it speeds up. But Snell's my number one. Then I've got Clev, who is a free agent. He had a pretty good year. I think sub four ERA this past season, a three point three WAR. Then I've got Michael Walker and Seth Lugo as my three four. Waka 2.4 WAR last year, Lugo 1.8. Both obviously with the Kansas City Royals. Waka signed two years. Padres could have given Waka that exact same deal, but they decided not to. Maybe they thought that the market was going to come down; it was going to be more friendly to the Padres, and that might be the case as we get really close to spring training. And players need to know where their families are going to be for spring training, or they want to make sure that they have a job and they're, you know, in a rotation, for example, for some starting pitchers. Um, or they just didn't think that Waka was going to be able to stay very healthy for the next couple of years. So they decided to go in another direction, or at least, well, I guess, yeah, another direction. Michael King, I guess, replaces Waka, because you already had Darvish, Musgrove, King replaces one of the guys. He doesn't replace Snell. We can't expect him to go win Cy Young. So let's say he replaces Waka. Well, you need a Snell replacement. They're probably not going to get that. No one's going to pitch to that level of Snell This past season, but I hope that they can get a three caliber starter in front of Michael King. And then you replace Lugo. And Lugo's not a five starter. Like I thought he pitched better than a five starter this past year. But in terms of five guys, I don't know if they're going to get five, like have a solid five man rotation. And what I mean by that is Musgrove, Darvish, King, another guy hopefully in front of King, and then a real like five starter that we know is going to be the five starter. It feels like the five starter is just going to be someone that wins the job in spring training, whether that be Randy Vasquez or Johnny Brito or Pedro Avila or Luis Patino or Matt Waldron, whoever it may be. It feels like that's going to be the five guy. Now, I think they'd want more depth because depth depth, and just filling out the rotation, obviously, is a problem right now. Um, so, Wakalugo Lugo are my three and four. And then Nick Martinez is my number five. Cincinnati, I put him in the rotation because he's uh, he's going to be a starter right now with the Reds coming up here. 1.4 baseball reference war this past year, and it would have been higher if he was actually a starter. He pitched a lot out of the bullpen, obviously. He's a valuable piece. Whether you put him in the bullpen, you put him in the rotation. For this exercise, I put him in the rotation because, again, that's where he's going to be pitching with the Cincinnati Reds, or at least that's why they signed him to that deal. And obviously the Padres were not comfortable giving Nick Martinez that much money, you know, on what it was a two year deal, I think, right for, for Nick. So my rotation, Snell, Clevenger, Waka, Lugo, Martinez of active former Padres for the bullpen. Hader is the closer, obviously 2.4 war last year. Um, Now based off, based off of war, probably should put David Bednar ahead of Hader, but I think we can agree Hater's probably the better reliever over David Bednar. Um, and he's more, like if Hayter and Bednar were both on the same team, would Hater be the eighth inning or be the ninth? I think most people would say Hayter would be the ninth. So I put Hayter as the ninth. Uh, free agent, obviously, we'll see where he goes. He wants the big deal better than Edwin Diaz, and I don't blame him. I understand why he wants that deal maybe he would say he's deserved it because of how well he has pitched. But if I'm a team, I don't want to give a closer over a hundred million dollars. I don't want to give a reliever period over a hundred million dollars. Like that's a lot of money. We think Robert Suarez is a lot of money giving Josh Hader that much money. That is a big risk. So I would just try to, you know, get the David Bednars of the world like the pirates have. I know they're not trying to go all in and win, but those type of guys kind of like the Padres have done Suarez, you know, throw that aside even though that's going to be half of what haters going to get probably from a team all it takes is one team to bite right that's all it takes uh but you know with the, with the Padres with Matsui and Go not these like huge deals and then you have Cosgrove and Steven Wilson right not huge contracts i if i was a team i'd rather go that route or at least go a one year deal route with a reliever two years then go five for for 100 plus, like probably what Josh Hader is asking for right now, and probably part of the reason why he has not signed with anyone. Um, so he's my ninth. Bednar out of Pittsburgh, 2.5 war this past year. He's my eighth. Matt Strom of the Phillies, 2.2 baseball reference war. Uh, he is my seventh inning guy. I've got Craig Kimbrell. Obviously, he pitched for the Padres, but I think a lot of baseball fans are like, Oh yeah, Kimbrel pitched for the Padres. That's not what they're going to remember. They're going to remember him pitching for the Braves probably. Um, and maybe the Cubs that they would remember. Obviously, most recently with the Phillies and now with Baltimore. So he would be my sixth inning guy, 1.8 war last year. And then Emilio Pagan, Cincinnati Red, 1.4 war. He would be my fifth reliever. Obviously, there's more than five guys in a bullpen. There are guys that you could put in the bullpen um, that did not make the list. I did a lot of uh, research last night during one of the football games because I was getting out of hand, Bucks and Eagles, um, and just had that on pretty much in the background and just looking up all the teams, looking up former Padres, hoping maybe I missed someone, and hopefully the chat can help me out there if I did miss someone. But those, I wanted to go with five because, hey, if a starter gets in trouble, have someone come in in the fifth, You got the sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. I wasn't going to go full bullpen, full because you can fill that out with your. I mean, who would Cal Quantrill go in the bullpen in this situation? Because you already have five starters. Paddock is a starter, but would he go? Would you have him go one inning in the bullpen? He's got some pretty nasty stuff. I don't know if you guys saw in the postseason with the Twins. He's got some pretty nasty stuff. Um, Who else? Would would you throw, like, Mania, since he doesn't make the cut for the rotation? Would you throw him in the bullpen? Kirby Yates, Taylor Rogers, You could fill out the bullpen. Tim Hill, even though he had a negative war this past year, you could fill out the bullpen, um, but I just went with five. Lineup-wise, catcher, Gary Sanchez. You know, it's not a big competition. There was Austin Hedges, essentially, that he was competing with, so obviously you'd go with Gary. 2.4 war this past year. Good bounce back year. I thought he was valuable defensively and offensively. He was not going to hit as well as he hit in his first couple of weeks, first month with the Padres the entire year. That's just, that wasn't realistic. It wasn't going to happen. But he makes the cut as the starting catcher. He's a free agent. I don't think that he fits the Padres. When John Heyman reported, I think last week about the Padres, considering Gary, I didn't really understand that. Maybe they considered him. I think it made sense to consider him if it was a team-friendly deal before they acquired Kyle But you have Higgy. You have Camposano, who you want to take over as the starting catcher. And he is going to be the starting catcher if he's healthy, I would assume. And then you have Brett Sullivan. Like, it just doesn't make sense. So he's the catcher. Josh Naylor is my first baseman. You could go with someone like Josh Bell, but Naylor had the better war last year. Naylor, out of Cleveland, 2.5 war. You could say Padres probably gave up on him a little bit early, like some other guys, but at the time of the deal, they they weren't giving up on Eric Cosmer yet. And they were stuck with that contract, obviously. They had other guys that could play there. You could make some trades to have guys play there. And what they were getting back was Mike Clevenger, you know? you're trying to go for it, you're trying to improve the rotation, some of that multiple years of control. You go for it, sure, Josh Naylor, bye. It kind of felt like Ty France. Or maybe they should have tried Ty France at first, because Manny was at third, obviously. Give him more of a shot there. But they didn't want to give up on Hosmer yet. And Ty France was kind of blocked with the Padres. There was no DH at the time of that deal. There was no firm DH. Like we didn't know that DH was going to be there long-term. By the way, Ty France did not make this lineup. He'd definitely be on the bench. And maybe he should be in the lineup. But based on war, he did not make the lineup from this past season. Um, But yeah, Naylor, Cleveland, first base, he is there. My second baseman is Adam Frazier. It's obviously not for what he did with the Padres. But last year... With the Baltimore Orioles, a 1.7 war. He's a free agent right now. I don't know if it's going to be a two-year deal that he gets in free agency. Is it going to be a one-year deal that he gets? But he's my second baseman. I've got C.J. Abrams at shortstop. Obviously, the Padres, for the most part, they've kept their shortstops. Tatis just moved to the outfield. They bring Bogarts in. They have Merrill. Um, Kim. Cronenworth can play short. Manny played short previously. He's obviously a third. They keep the shortstops for the most part. Um, I was fine with C.J. Abrams being traded. When you're getting Juan Soto back, you do it. But yeah, C.J., 3.4 war last year with the Nats. He's definitely the shortstop. There wasn't a whole lot of options there. Um, Because, again, Trey Turner, like, he doesn't count because he didn't play at the big league level with the Padres. Third base, I have Brandon Drury. He didn't play a lot of third base, I don't think, this past season with the Angels. But it just, there, there weren't a whole lot of third base options as well with the Padres as former active guys at the big league level. So I went with Brandon Jury. He's played third base in the past. Angels, 1.9 war this past year. I think he's a pretty solid bat to have. Juan Soto obviously is in left field. I don't think we have to get into too much discussion about Soto. Yankees, 5.5 war this past year. It was the Padres' best offensive player. I think there was a lot of Padres fans that weren't happy that Juan Soto got dealt because it's Juan Soto. You never want to deal with a player of the caliber of Juan Soto. And when the Padres acquired Juan Soto, they were talking about, yeah, Peter Seidler, when he was alive, obviously, I remember him telling Marty Caswell, $500 million. We're not scared of $500 million. Yeah, that's not going to scare us, that potential extension offer. They never even got to that point of really offering Juan Soto a legit extension, according to A.J. Preller. So, yeah, it was just disappointing how everything played out. But they made their bed, and we knew that Soto wasn't going to be here long term. And they needed to fill out the roster. And with him making $30-plus plus million i I've been through this a lot of times, obviously, this offseason. Him making that much money, it was going to restrict the Padres from being able to do a whole lot and fill out this roster. Now, they haven't filled out the roster still, and it's January 16th. But I hope that that roster is going to get filled out here. I'm not so sure it's going to get filled out before spring training, like all of it, because of how slow free agency is moving here. And Padres um, spring training, it starts earlier than all the other spring training camps. So I feel like some moves are going to be made during spring training. I mean, shoot, even last year, Waka was signed at spring training. There were guys that that were brought in at spring training. That's just the way it goes now with how slow these off seasons go and the agents wanting to, get every single penny from teams and players being willing to do it. Hey, if you're willing to do it, then okay, I I guess I understand. Uh, But yeah, the roster is going to get filled out. I just wonder how it's going to get filled out. How many trades are there going to be for agent signings? How many for agent signings are there going to be? Because the Padres have like $25 million, $20, $25 million. They need a couple outfielders. They need rotation, first base DH, depth, bench. How are they going to do all that with $20, 25000000 million? It just feels like at least one of those, or at least one trade is going to happen. Center field, I have Grish. Wasn't that much of a competition. I, I guess him and like Travis Jankowski or Manny Margot. Grish had a two-war, you know, mostly his defense. That's a, I mean, I think a lot of teams would love to have Trent Grisham as their bench outfielder, like the Yankees have. And then when Jason Dominguez comes back for them, he'll be like their fifth outfielder if he's going to still be on the roster. So yeah, I think they're in a good spot. And if an injury happens, having Grish go play center field, or if they don't want judge to be playing center field all the time, having him play center, that's not the worst thing, right? We know Grish is good defensively uh, shows off. definitely has a lot of range and he showed that in the NL West, there's some tough ballparks obviously in the NL West. And so I think he'll be doing good defensively there with the Yankees and he might become one of the fan favorites, to be honest, because he's not going to be starting every day where Yankees fans are going to be like, this dude sucks, get him off the team. We know how Yankees fans are, right? Really reactionary. We have Padre fans that are like that as well. That's every fan base. But we know Yankees fans. Like, if you struggle with the Yanks, ooh, it's going to be tough. But Grish, I mean, if he, hit, he pops a home run, you know, with the short porch at Yankee Stadium and plays really good defensively, show some swag i could see him being a a fan favorite there with the yanks so he's my center fielder tommy fam i have him in right field maybe you want fam and left and soto and right but i go with fam and right he's a free agent a 1.5 war last year i thought it was going to be higher when i was looking at it but i guess a lot of it was me being biased recency bias like looking at his performance with the d-backs in the postseason Tommy Pham is a target, I think, that the Padres should have. I know he's not a lefty, but you want urgency. You want a player that's not going to be afraid to get on other players, hold people accountable, hold himself accountable. We know how hard of a worker he is. We know AJ likes him. Mike Schilt has the relationship with Tommy Pham. It seems like Tommy Pham likes Mike Schilt, at least from quotes that I've seen in the the past. Tommy does speak pretty glowingly of, of Mike Schilt. And that was including in, I think, Kevin Acy's article in the UT last week. So I would be fine with Tommy Pham coming back. I know he doesn't feel that great about the Padres fan base, I think. Or maybe not as a whole. Maybe it's just a select number of Padres fans. And in some, some, some uh, situations, you know, the Padres fan involved in that has put that on himself. And I'm not blaming Tommy Pham for not liking some some Padres fans for certain interactions, for sure. Um, But just baseball, the baseball perspective, like taking out the fan part. It's kind of like Stroman with the Yankees. Two desperate sides, right? Who knows if there's a lot of suitors for Tommy. Maybe there's going to be a team that's willing to give him more money, but maybe he is like, no, I'm fine with going back to San Diego. I'm fine with it. The underdog getting to play under Mike Schilt. I'm fine with it. I don't think he has a problem with teammates in the clubhouse. Remember the whole Jock Peterson thing? He was defending, I think, a Padres teammate because I think Jock was talking crap about the Padres in a group chat and Tommy was defending the Padres. Maybe that gets lost by some fans. They just see the slap. Um, But anyway, getting back to my former act of Padres. I mean, yeah, fam, he definitely is a starter. On this roster for me. Free agent, right fielder for me. We'll see what he gets in free agent and see where he goes. I hope it's not in the NL West. If it's not with the Padres. Uh Brent Rooker is my DH. 2.2 war last year with the Oakland A's. He did play briefly at the big league level, or at least he was on the big league roster. I, I think he played like two games with the Padres. Let me double-check this. I think he played like two games at the big league level. Remember he went up and then maybe it was someone that went on the IL. Someone got hurt, I think. Sorry. on baseball reference here. There's audio that's playing. So I don't know if you could have, hopefully my audio is still good. Cause I don't know if, the audience if you guys could hear me when that was playing so I'm going to fan graphs here to look up Brent Rooker was it 2021 20, when he was with the Padres or 22 it says two teams so of course it's not going to say the Padres I'm pretty sure I know he was at the big league level so with the Padres so that fits The rules here. Yeah, two games. Seven plate appearances with the Padres. Yeah, definitely did not give him enough of a shot, in my opinion. So Rooker's my D8. So, my lineup. Gary Sanchez, not like in order, but I guess I could put it in order here in a minute. But Gary's at catcher. Josh Naylor at first. Adam Frazier at second. C.J. Abrams at short, Brandon Drury of the Angels at third, Juan Soto in left, Grisham in center, Pham is in right, and then Brent Rooker is my D.H. Rotation, I've got Snell, Clevenger, Waka, Lugo, Martinez, bullpen, five bullpen arms, not the full bullpen, but five, Hayter, Bednar, Strom, Kimbrel, and Pagan. And then for manager, I've got Bruce Bochy. I mean, it's the best manager in Padres history, right? Took him to the World Series, won division titles, and he just won the World Series. So this is based off of active former Padres, and Bruce Bochy has an active manager, active former manager. He just won the World Series. So obviously he is the the former manager. I'm not going to go with Andy Green or Jace Tingler or Rod Barajas or Pat Murphy or Dave Roberts for that one game or anyone like that. Bruce Bochy, I think, is the the easy pick, and then total bayf- baseball reference war forty eight point three. It's decent. There's not like a lot of five war players on this team. You know, the top wars are Snow, Soto, Hater for a reliever, Hater Bednar, right, and then Bochy having him as the manager. That's pretty darn good. So would I rather? Would I rather have? this team or this current Padres team, I mean, I'd rather have certain things of this current Padres team and then certain things of this active former Padres team. Like, you know, the back end of that bullpen, there, there's question marks with the back end of the Padres bullpen. Like, the unknown, some people want to go negative with the unknown because guys haven't pitched at the big league level. Robert swore is coming off of a year where he was injured a little bit, right, for the first half plus of the year. What are we going to get out of the rest of the guys? Rotation, there's holes there. Outfield, there's holes there. But there's still talent. Like, I'd rather have Manny Machado than Brandon Drury at third base, right? At shortstop, I'd rather have Kim or Bogarts than CJ Abrams. I would. Right field, I'd rather have Tatis than Tommy Pham, right? I'd rather have left Soto and left than no one in left. I'd rather have Grish in center than no one in center or Jose Azokar in center. There's, you know, I'd rather have Lugo in the rotation than not have a a four starter or a three starter right now. And then who's going to be the five? There's certain aspects. Like if you could combine this team, yeah, I think that would be a pretty solid team, right? But that's not the case. But I just wanted to have some fun a little bit there, go over some former. Padres. I thought about Andres Munoz in the bullpen. That's a name that I probably should have mentioned that could fill out the bullpen, but he didn't have that great of a year. If you just look at war, there's other things that you could look at obviously. War isn't everything, but I just wanted to make like a blanket stat. He had a sub-3 ERA, so yeah, I mean, that's really solid. We know he throws gas, but he had a .7 war, and if you look at everyone on this team that I had of these five, Pagan, Kimbrough, Strom, Bednar, Hater, they all had better wars than Andres Munoz, according to Baseball Reference, this past year. All right, quick break, and then I'm going to go to the comments. Check out Gaglione Bros' famous cheesesteaks and garlic fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu, and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. Just checking social media. No signings or anything there. Uh, I want to check the Padres transactions page as well because sometimes there's some minor moves that are made there. Okay, so in January, Roussuck go. Leotelis DeVries, DeVries, however you pronounce the name. Uh, yesterday, Ibrahim Jimenez, left-handed pitcher, created second baseman, Ebrain Ricardo, and then free agent outfielder Yasmalin Arias. Those might be international guys that they signed yesterday. I assume they are. But according to Chris Kemp, I mean, we can talk about DeVries here for a sec. Really talented is what it seems like. 17, switch hitter, 6'2", like 175, I want to say. We knew that he was going to be with the Padres. He had posted a lot of Padre stuff on his Instagram. I think he had like a parade in the dr I don't know if that's just a culture thing what they do uh there's probably going to be some opposing fan bases that are going to be like oh Padre's throwing a parade for an international signing that's the only parades they can throw whatever that's not Padre's that's I think that's what they do in the dr like celebrating one of their own you know getting to to have a dream and or getting to to about to live the dream playing professional baseball and DeVries his favorite team was the Padres is at least that's what he said with Manny and with Tatis and with Profar who obviously used to play for the Padres. I would be kind of surprised at this point, to be honest, if he doesn't return to the Padres and this is someone that's going to be a shortstop. Like there's no reason to change positions right now. He's 17 when he comes up to the big leagues, if he's 19 or 20 or 21, whenever the heck it is, maybe it's Merrill that's playing short but, and then DeVries could change positions or Merrill could change positions. Tatis could be still playing the outfield. I don't think Xander is going to be playing shortstop when DeVries is, you know, playing in the big leagues. I think Xander is going to be shifting somewhere else in the infield. Manny's obviously going to be at third or maybe at first, another position. It's not like Crony's going to be playing short. So there'll be room for him. No doubt about that. I mean, someone can move to the outfield. Like I'm not worried about that. Internationally, when someone's 17, you pick, the best talented guys, and then you figure it out years down the road. You try to develop them, get them into your system, diet, workouts. You know, put some, put some muscle on, uh, and continue to develop. So I'm going to be very interested in seeing how Devries develops. Where is he going to be at the end of 2024? Kind of like how we were monitoring Ethan Salas. Where is Salas going to be at the end of, uh, or excuse me? Yeah, we're, we were monitoring where Salas was going to be at the end of 2023. Where Where is he going to be at the end of 2024? Where is DeVries going to be at the end of 24, at the end of 25? Where is Salas going to be in 25? Is it going to be in the big leagues at the end of 25, in the middle? I don't know. At the start, that seems like a little pushing it, but who knows if he has a really good year in 2024. So we shall see there. Um, getting to the comments here. What's up, Yuki? or Yuki Matsui is the username. Hello. Hopefully everybody is doing well. Mark says, what happens if a trade doesn't happen and the Padres front office are content with the players they have? Well, how can they be content, Mark, with Cal Mitchell in left and Jose Zocar in center? How can they be content with the rotation being Darvish, Musgrove, King, Vasquez? Obby law, Is that what it would look like? How can you be content with that? And then, how can you be content with the the bench of who? Who would be the bench? The minor league speedy outfielder that they picked up? I don't even remember his name. The double-A Braves guy that they got in the trade for Carpenter? Uh, Batten, Rosario, Higashioka? Like, you're content with that? You can't be content as a front office with that when your 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 message to your fans, I hope, is we're trying to contend for a postseason spot in 2024. So no, I I think that if you think that oh well, what if the Padres front office is content? They're not content. I think that like Preller said to the UT, I think last month, we're waiting till January. It's January now. It's mid January, and they still haven't done a ton. But the market, it, it's still there's still a lot of guys out there. So the Padres are going to keep being patient. And I think that they're going to use the leverage, the spring training thing. It's close to spring training. We're already in spring training. We've got open spots. Other teams don't have open spots. Hey, we'll give you an opening day roster spot here. You know, you want security. You want to know where your family's going to be to start the year. Here you go. Maybe they can get cheaper deals from... Some guys, David Peralta, Aaron Hicks, Tommy Pham, Eddie Rosario. I'm just throwing out some names. Maybe those guys ch- sign for cheaper deals, one year deal, because that's all they can get. And they want to know where they're going to be. And they don't want to, you know, not have a. They don't want to turn into jerks and profar where you don't have a team. And it's like March and that's when you sign. And you have to go play for the Rockies. We think. Do you think Tommy Pham wants to go play for the Rockies? I think he'd rather play for a team that's at least trying to make the postseason. And you know how the Padres had the leverage with Wusuk Go because he had a deadline? I think that's how they're... There's no deadline for players to sign, but there sort of is, if you get what I'm saying. So I think they're trying to use that to their advantage. And we'll see if they're able to do that. Yeah, Andres Munoz, I did mention him here briefly. He would be in the bullpen, for sure, but just not in the five that I listed. Uh, Yuki says, Tommy Fam. Got into a fight with the Padres fans last year. Yeah, but like, are you trying to win? You know, Marcus Stroman with the Yankees, right? Two desperate things. Two or two different, two desperate sides. I I should say, with Stroman, like he needed to find a team. The Yankees needed to get pitching, and they wanted to get a pitching on a discount. So yeah, Brian Cashman previously said that Marcus Stroman wasn't a difference maker. That's why he didn't acquire him a few years back. Stroman. Has said some things about Yankees fans on social media and didn't really seem to be the biggest fan of Yankees fans, but he's desperate. He wanted to have a team. They're giving him a rotation spot on a contender. He's going to take it. So maybe Tommy Pham, maybe the offers or the the good offers that he gets are from the Rockies, from the Pirates. I'm just throwing them out, throwing out teams here. The Angels that aren't contending, and he's like. Well, if the Padres are interested, I played under Mike Schilt. I know how he rolls. I know what he's he's about. I like him. I have no problem with AJ Preller. I like guys in the clubhouse. I, I can get over the fans. You know, I'll go sign this, and this could be another prove it contract for me. And I could end up being, I could, maybe Tommy ends up being back into a fan favorite with Padres fans. Because what if he performs well in 24 here and the Padres make the postseason and he's a big part of that? You know, the Padres trade Juan Soto, Tommy Pham steps in, and I'm not saying he's going to be Juan Soto. Like that's a dumb expectation to have, but maybe he hits you 20 home runs and he's a little bit better offensively than a jerks and profile was in 2022 and he's okay in the field and he's a valuable piece. And he's someone in the clubhouse that can be one of the leaders in that clubhouse and make sure every everyone has urgency and plays with urgency and doesn't let things slide and has accountability. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I'd be okay. I want lefties. I think the Padres need lefties, but I don't think having Tommy Pham is the worst thing in your outfield. If it's a one-year, $7 million deal, again, this is if the market like comes down. That's what AJ's waiting on here, Right. I think it takes time for trades to happen. So, and we saw that with the Soto thing. Like, there was talk, wasn't there talk last trade deadline about Soto? It didn't go really anywhere, but there was talk about it, right? And then, they met at the GM meetings, which is before the winter meetings. And then, there was talk then. And then, it it took time. Obviously, there was Peter Scyther's death, there was the manager hiring. No, so... The talks had to get postponed, but it takes time for a trade to go down sometimes. So maybe that's what AJ is doing. Trust me, AJ is not sitting here doing nothing. We know he was in the DR, you know, with the international stuff. So that's what he's dealing with now. But, you know, in the weeks leading up to this, he has probably been talking with a lot of teams about different things, about Hassan Kim. And I know that I've talked about that numerous times already this offseason. I think it's the Padre's job to go explore a Hasan Kim trade. It you're not doing your job if you don't consider it. I'm not saying you make the move for anything, but you have to consider it. He's like your most appealing guy on your team via trade for other teams because it's a one year deal. He can play a bunch of different positions. He keeps getting better. It's $8 million. You know, like that he can hit anywhere in the order. He's a super valuable piece. And so I'm making the argument for Hassan Kim to stay as well. But if you're trying to fill out your roster and you've got guys that can go back to positions that they're actually valuable at instead of playing first base, maybe that allows you to bring in a first baseman, an actual first baseman. And we know like that market is really slow. Hoskins is out there still. I'm not saying the Padres are in that, but I'm just saying there's Brandon Belt. There's a lot of guys that I think are going to get one year deals from someone, Joey Votto. I don't think that he should be starting every day, but as a bench bat, I don't think that's the worst thing in the world. He's not going to cost you really anything as a 40-something-year-old. And I think that's different than giving Matt Carpenter the contract that they gave Matt Carpenter. Because Votto would be a one-year deal. I think it would be a very low risk. Votto in that clubhouse? Uh, Come on. That would be pretty... That would be pretty uh, interesting, I would say. Um, I'm not saying Vado would be this huge difference maker, but Brennan Belt, if his market isn't really anything and he wants to find a team and make sure he's on a roster, a one-year deal for a lefty guy that can play first base that has a lot of a postseason experience, didn't even have that bad of a year, I don't think, this past year. I don't think that's the worst thing in the world for the Padres. And so them waiting out this market, yeah. We might be all like, make a move already, make a move. But this could end up being a good thing for the Padres' circumstances. He had almost 20 home runs this past year, Brandon Belt. 136 OPS plus, 858 OPS. How many games? 103 games. So it's not like he's going to play every day. But it's not the worst thing in the world, I don't think. All right, that's going to do it, Talking Friars, episode 555. There's not a whole lot to talk about right now. My luck, right when I sign off here, the Padres are going to make a move. Uh, but before I do that, just a reminder, SeatGeek code, Talking Friars, $20 off your order there. Underdog Fantasy, check them out. NFL playoffs obviously going on right now. There's a lot of picks that you could do there. 100 per, or, excuse me, not 100% off, 100% deposit match Up to $100 if you use my code Talking Friars or click that link in the description. Breaking Tea, you can click the link in the description there as well. They've got some San Diego Sports shirts and sweatshirts, Padres, Aztecs, Wave, um, and Foco. They've got some Padres bobbleheads and other collectibles, some apparel there as well. All right, that's going to do it. Episode 555. Thank you all for the time. I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you all later. See ya.